You're listening to the Seen and Solved podcast brought to you by Hubbard Hall. Better results, less chemistry. So welcome to this edition of Seen and Solved presented by Hubbard Hall. I'm Tim Pennington, editor of finishingencoding.com. And today we're going to be speaking with uh, Mark Miller, who is in sales and technical services at Torch Surface Technologies, which is a division of Hubbard Hall. Uh, Mark, well, welcome and thanks for joining us. Yeah, well, thank you, Tim. Thanks for the invite. Great. Uh, let, let's start off a little bit. Give, a, give everybody a little bit of your background and all the uh, uh, products and services that, that Torch offers to the finishing industry and others. Why don't you go ahead and give us a little background on that? Yeah, so uh, I've been with Torch Surface Technologies for about 14 years, a little over 14 years now. Um, and Torch specializes primarily in conversion coatings um, like zinc phosphates, manganese phosphates, iron phosphates, uh, the new green technologies like zirconium uh, uh, technologies, cleaners. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of a, a mixed bag, but our core really is uh, conversion coatings. Right, right. That's, you know, it seems like that's grown a lot over the last, I, I, I've been in the industry for just over a decade. It seems like I hear a lot more talk about that, especially, you know, with aerospace, and a lot of other technologies that, uh, that use the conversion coatings. Yeah. It, it, and, you know, one thing that's unique about Torch is we're very specialized. Um, you know, when it comes to zinc phosphates, I mean, you know, there's a lot of competitors out there that deal with zinc phosphates. But, you know, we take it and, and narrow that right down to specific standards for the customer. You know, we get involved with uh, prepaint applications for military. Uh, we get involved in rubber to metal bonding where, you know, uh, the coating uh, microstructure crystal size is um, you've got to be, you know, very specific uh, on the size and the, you know, in it because it really leads to the performance uh, that the customer is looking for. So, um, you know, we're really good at that. Um, not just a blue suit company. I mean, we do offer really tailored products to whatever the customer is looking for. Great. Yeah. And, and you guys, how long has Torch been around then? It's um, about a 50 year old company. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. Been, a while, been around, uh, been in Detroit the whole time or we're, we're outside the, the city limits now, but yeah, it's a, right. it's a Michigan company. Yeah. I'll, I'll plead down to this conversion coatings. Were they around 50 years ago or is that something you all just evolved into? No. Yeah. Zinc phosphates, uh, manganese phosphates. I mean, granted, there are a lot more greener technologies today than ever before. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of these coatings, you know, manganese has been around for, for a long time back in the, you know, World War One when they were coating, uh, you know, M1 carbines and stuff like that, uh, you know, uh, World War Two. So, yeah, the, the technologies have been there. It's just they've really evolved over the years. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, closed loop systems. And um, first of all, give us a background. What is closed loop according to your definition? I know some people have different definitions of it, but what is your definition of, of a closed loop system? What is it and what's the advantages of that? Yeah, so, so a closed loop system essentially is a, is, a, is a chemical process that generates zero waste to drain. Um, and essentially, so no part of that process. So let's say you've got a five stage system, you know, um, and, and really it's managing the, the rinse water that comes off of that, that, those systems. Um, and in some applications we have found, um, we've done, you know, worked with many customers to, to, you know, create closed loop systems and we can manage that waste stream differently instead of having it go to drain, um, which eliminates a lot of headache for the customer. So, you know, it's, it's moving water, rinse water, uh, upstream. So specifically, let's say a customer has a five stage process. 
uh, cleaner tank uh, number one would be a you know obviously a cleaner. Then you would have a, a rinse after that. And anytime you know tank number one would you know deplete from evaporation or drag over or something like that, uh, we would refill tank one with number two. So any water that we would be putting into that system uh, would be going into those rinse tanks just to maintain you know as clean rinses as we possibly can. Um, and at the same time, not discharging anything to drain. So, then there are some significant advantages with, you know, with doing that. Yeah. So is this different than a zero discharge system? Well, so no, I mean, a closed loop, zero discharge, same thing. Um, yeah, essentially the same, same exact same, but in some applications that you can focus solely on one component of that process. You know, if it's an area that is causing a lot of headache for, you know, um, maybe an exceedance of zinc or phosphorus or something like that, maybe it is as simple as just you know, focusing on um, closing off those, that particular area to go to drain. And we manage just that one area that is causing the headache. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be a complete closed loop system. Maybe it is just one part, but ultimately with the way the environmental uh, constraints are going with municipalities, uh, we try to really shut the whole thing right off that go to drain. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you that. What? Why would a customer? Why would a, an operation consider going to a closed loop system? What? Are, what are some of the benefits that they would see off of that? Well, the the biggest challenge that we're seeing right now is just you know exceedances, um, environmental exceedances, you know, going to drain. So municipalities they're tightening up their constraints on what we can discharge down the drain. So where you know you may have you know been in compliance before, now you're not. Um, so you know the the that's really the big reason is just helping the customer get back into compliance. So they're not being surcharged, um, you know, fines. I mean, there's a whole lot of things that, you know, the, the municipalities can put down on a customer as far as, you know, I've even seen that uh, municipalities go as far as putting a cease and assist um, on the doors of, of a customer saying they, they have to cease operation until they, they address the issue. So, you know, at that point in time, you really have to figure out, does it make sense to go spend tens of thousands of dollars to put in a waste treatment system where you can treat water in-house before it goes to drain? That has, I mean, that's a significant cost and it takes a long time to get equipment, um, you know, and maybe that's the, the long-term goal, but the short-term goal could definitely be looking at putting, you know, taking your current system and making it a closed loop, zero, zero discharge system. Right, right. Yeah. 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 It's funny. I guess when you do have a discharge permit, uh, especially with the EPA, uh, that opens up a lot more problems. I know right now we've got we're seeing a lot of uh, or the EPA is going to be going out and doing uh, these PFOS inspections because they had these, these shops have permits. And so they're allowed to do that. So it opens up kind of a, and I've had a lot of shops say to me, boy, I really would like to not have to deal with all of this. And so you know, this put, could potentially be one of the solutions. But let me ask you, you know, certainly, you know, anytime people talk about going to a system, uh, they look at, you know, some upfront costs, but there are actually some cost savings to this, right? I mean, there is a cost savings to having a closed loop system. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the one big one they're going to notice right up front is the water savings. So, you know, if you're if your generally overflow rate is three to five gallons a minute, you're talking thousands of gallons a day in process water just going to drain. Uh, we're only going to use a fraction of that. So there's going to be, a, you know, the savings is going to start just in, you know, just in the amount of water you use. And then just the uh, reporting and all of the management of the system, uh, you know, of the waste. Right. You've got 
um, third-party testing, audits you have to do, um, all the requirements that the municipalities want you to test for. I mean, you're talking a lot of man hours. Um, and with a closed loop system, all that goes away. You're not discharging anything, so you don't need to manage anything for them any longer. Now, there are things internally that we have to manage. I mean, we're not sending a lot of waste to drain, so we still have the waste stream. It's just how we manage that that is different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. I had someone tell me a while back that uh, water is the most expensive chemical any operation will ever use. Uh, and I made me think about it. But yeah, I guess it certainly is. Right. I mean, it is it is a very expensive certain parts of the country. I know out west. I just talked to a finisher in Phoenix. who was asking about how they could any ideas to conserve more water because it's so expensive. Plus, again, you've got the municipality on their backs to use less water. Right. And so they're trying to really alleviate those. Um, certainly with anything, uh, you many systems or things like that, there could be uh, potential problems. But what are some potential issues uh, that, that could come up with uh, having a closed loop system? Uh, so really, the there's not really issues. I mean, um, you know, there, there, it's just it's just how we manage it. That's different. So you know, like our rinse waters where we would normally let those go to drain. We Now we have to start looking at pHs, total dissolved solids, conductivity, those kinds of things. So we can manage those rinses um, as because the water, you know, we're just not, our overflow rates are greatly diminished. So we still have those soils in there, but what is the longevity of that process or that particular tank? And those are, you know, so it's not necessarily a downside. It's really just kind of learning what that new dump schedule is going to look like because eventually like anything i mean we're we're introducing a lot of solids into the process and eventually we're going to have to we're going to have to do something with them um and that's really the key is you know learning uh tracking you know testing those different tanks um and once you get your baseline then we can go into a normal discharge schedule whether that's quarterly annually semi-annually or what what it, you know it's dependent. Every process is going to be a little bit different, Tim. Right, right, exactly. Uh, real quick, I mean, does it does it take a lot of uh, to to manage a closed system? You know, you said you know you're not having to manage it as much with, as you had a, a discharge, but is it pretty much run itself once you get it up and and running as well as it is? Aside from just monitoring uh, what's going on, or yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, the goal is is you know to um, you know keep keep the rinses as clean as possible. We're using that rinse water upstream so we're filling up the, the cleaner tanks, the iron phosphates or zirconium tanks or whatever our pretreatment is. Um, and the, really the goal is keeping, once that once we, we the customer re understands how that water or that waste stream moves and how we management or manage it, um, it, it just, yeah, it's super easy. It's super easy. Um, and then, you know, we, we're gonna have dump schedules that we're going to have to, you know, manage as as we run the process and throughout the year, um, but it's significantly cheaper to 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 hire an outside party to come in and clean those tanks out than, um, you know, than to deal with the city and all of the, you know, reporting and and discharge permits and all the requirements that are constantly changing. Um, and moving, and it's a you know they're always setting a different standard, and a, the bar is constantly moving. Uh, this is so easy, and, and and I will say, not every chemical process out there is can you turn it into a closed loop zero discharge system. I mean, there's just some that are out there that are just they're 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 just the type of process 
chemical process it is, it's just not deemed necessary. I mean, there's just no way you can make it happen. But there are a lot of other, you know, powder coating, for example, is a great process to consider. And, and those are majority of the processes that we convert over to closed loop are powder coating type systems. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned chemicals. Is, is it, are there any special chemicals that are required to run a closed loop system or is it pretty much what you all offer and, and, and people could use? Yeah, nothing really changes. Um, yeah, the chemistry that's on the line, uh, it's again, it's really just managing the rinse waters uh, in the system. Now I will say if it, if, if let's say uh, phosphates or phosphorus, right, is an issue, um, you know, there are alternative type pretreatments that we can look at like zirconium, nano uh, technologies, different things like that, that we can put in there that are, that are void of phosphates um, that eliminate that right out of the waste stream. So it could be as simple as just maybe changing a, a you know, one product on the line and removing that, that, that sore spot. Um, or it could be multiple things. Uh, but in general, no, you, you shouldn't really have to, you know, change anything on the line. Um, it's just really how we manage the waste that's that's being generated. So, right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, are there any extra testing? That's one of the things. It's one of the things that, that I think a lot of people are probably asking them, shop owners asking themselves, you know, any special chemicals, which, you know, probably not. Uh, but what about any extra testing required with a system like this? How much do you have to do that? How much are they required to do? Uh, besides, like I said, the regular dump schedules and things like that, but any other special uh, testing? No, not necessarily. I'd say the, you know, up front, it might be a little bit cumbersome because we're kind of, we're trying to learn where, you know, the soils and, you know, kind of where that restream needs to go within the, within the line. So we're testing probably a little bit more uh, routine with like pHs and conductivity, things I've mentioned earlier. Um, but no, it, 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 it really isn't anything, you know, those are really the core things is, is because if we have too high of a pH, we can, you know, and that contamination uh, or high pH or low pH gets down the line, it can kill a bath and cause some other issues. So those are really the critical things is, is just understanding, you know, uh, what the pHs are, what the conductivities are. Um, but once we learn that, it, it becomes almost second nature. And it, the, the, it, you don't have to test as often, you know, once we kind of get that baseline. So Gotcha. Probably not compared to if you had a, a, a discharge system, you'd be testing a lot more and doing a lot more of that. Yeah, no, you, the yeah, waste treatment system, there's a place for them. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it, this is so much simpler uh, to just, you know, control everything in house. And, um, you know, there is a cost, you know, as it is to, ha to have that, uh, you know, the line cleaned out periodically, but it's, it's significantly lower cost than it is to treat water in-house and to deal with all the headaches of that. So, right. Yeah. It's, and like I said, you know, most times when I'm talking to shop owners and I ask them, you know, who's in charge of your wastewater, they look around the room to see who's the person in charge of these, you know, and, it, and it's usually, you know, not until they get a notice or something that they, they really do sit up and start taking things a little bit more serious about it. And that's, Often then they're scrambling to uh, to you know to kind of bring the metal levels down and meet all the specifications, or they didn't know that new rules have been passed and everything. So you mentioned a bit earlier uh, you're seeing a lot of this in powder coating, right? Uh, so give us some examples of where you've seen uh, shops have uh, converting to this system, why they did it, and, and sort of how it worked out for them. Yeah, so um, a, a specific customer has a you know a multi-stage line, and they they kept having zinc exceed exceedances. Um, and then it got so, um, 
you know, they kept having so many zinc exceedances that the, the city was actually surcharging them for every, every month they had to pay a fine. And, you know, after a while, man, I mean, that's just a, you can only absorb so much of that, especially in a process that, you know, doesn't generate any value really other than, you know, just pulls out the metals and stuff like that. But um, so we got a call from our customer and said, you know, we're, we just, what options do we have? And, you know, fortunately for us, we've, we've had an, enough experience with these closed loop systems that, uh, you know, we made some adjustments to their line after kind of showing them and, and looking at their line and walked them through that process. And, um, they've been a zero loop system. They're running two shifts, high, high volume, high capacity. This isn't a small job shop. This is a huge uh, manufacturer and, uh, they're running two shifts and they dump quarterly, um, the whole line and, and it's saving them tens of thousands of dollars. So, um, that's a, that was a, yeah, it, it couldn't have worked out any better for them. Uh, another example would be, um, and we're running into more and more of this, Tim, with, with, um, wand, wand ash, what they call wand applicators, guys that are using heated wand washers and powder. So they're more of like a batch applicator. Um, where we're working with customers to put a trench drain in, uh, in their plant, instead of having it go right down the drain, they're actually capping that off and putting a trench drain where we capture the solution. And then we have that pumped into some filters, pumped into a, a holding tank and we're able to reuse that chemistry. So um, yeah, so as basic as a, as a batch application all the way up to a multi-stage application, you can consider looking at a closed loop uh, zero discharge to drain process. Um, we've we've got experience in both of those types of applications. Right. Yeah. You know, like I said, a lot of uh, finishers, you know, when they get parts, they don't know what's really on these parts a lot of times. Uh, they, you know, the rust inhibitors and other things, the cutting fluid oils and things like that that are just, you know, when they come in their door and then they clean it and wipe it off, they're now assuming all responsibility for, for you know, if, if they're going to send that to the, to the to the municipality right i mean everything they're washing off these parts they have a, a you know a, a, a responsibility to it which so like i said you know to have a closed loop system kind of alleviates that problem to a certain extent oh absolutely yeah i mean it, all the headaches that can come and in, the, in, the, in, in environmental i mean that's a big it's like the big buzzword out there i mean everybody wants to go green and everybody you know nothing hazardous and that and so the you know the bar is always changing and, you know, if, if you can, you have the chance of looking at going closed loop and uh, having a third party person treat that water for you where you have manifests, everything's legal. It's the right way to do it. Um, you know, it, it's it's just such <laughs> of a less headache internally in your own, you know. Lesser of two evils a lot of times. Right, right, right. Um, you got to do something with the water. So either you're going to treat it or somebody else is going to. And if your process isn't big enough, then have it hauled off site. I mean, it makes all the sense, uh, and there's just a significant cost savings in doing that. Yeah. Final question. I mean, when you're called in, you you guys go in and put eyeballs on the system, and you can really kind of look and see how long does it take to decide whether you can, first of all, whether you think they can, uh, they would could you benefit from a closed loop system, and then you know, you know, kind of designing and engineering that that's, it shouldn't take that long though, should it? For no, no. Within a you know, just a just a few visits. I mean, the, there's some key things that we want to look at, like part configuration. You know, what exactly we're washing off. I mean, you know, if parts going in the line are just terribly oil oily, you know, is there are there different things that we can do to manage that oil and, and remove that oil in real time? You know, out of our cleaners. Um, but no, it, it's a pretty 
it's pretty simple, um, you know, formula on our end to come up with, you know, there's certain characteristics in each of the stages that we look for uh, to see if this is a good fit for, uh, for the customer. So, right. Yeah. Definitely worth a look. Definitely worth a look to see. Uh, like I said, and I'm sure you, you can do some ROI for them, let them know, you know, what, what they'd be saving and what could potentially be saving and, and things like that. So it's, I, it, it's definitely worth a look, I think, for these owners to kind of see if this is an option for them and then how it could pay off for them in the long run. Definitely. Including that getting rid of the headache. So yeah, definitely with that. Listen, Mark, appreciate it. Thank you for joining you. You taught me about closed loop. I, I appreciate that very much. Uh, but uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us, Dave. I very much appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot, Tim. Appreciate it. The Seen and South podcast is brought to you by Hubbard Hall. For more podcasts, visit HubbardHall.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe, rate and review, and join us on social media. Produced by Allcast.